I'm Desiree. And I'm Taylor. You're tuned into Birthkeeper Banter, a space to discuss powerful birth stories, radical birthkeeping, and all things birth outside of the box. This podcast is produced by Herbal Training, and nothing discussed should be considered medical advice because birth is not a medical event. For classes and more information, go to herbal.teachable.com. Welcome to this episode of Birthkeeper Banter. We are here to talk about comfort measures today and different things that we've experienced for ourselves personally and birth and things that we've seen in clients that are either super interesting or did work, didn't work, just so that you can get an idea for your own birth on what you might want to try or use or have there. So in going into talking about what we've used for our own births, I know for me, um, it was really helpful to get into like a psychedelic mindset and just like let that trip and the high and everything take over. It's almost like a surrendering process to all the hormones that you're experiencing and all the adrenaline and everything like that. Um, it was really important for me to have cold, like right in my face. Like I had my face in the freezer almost the whole time. Um, I was in and out of my shower. So using that hydrotherapy is a big one for a lot of people. And, um, I also used a rebozo in an interesting way that I can't even really describe, but it was mostly just to lift up my butt. Cause I have a big butt. <laughs> it was causing a lot of pressure on my back. So using the rebozo to lift that up, I was able to do that. And um, yeah, that's pretty much everything that I used as far as comfort measures go. What would you say for you personally, Des, that you used? I personally don't do anything, in my opinion, to manage pain. I just deal with it till it's done. That's really always been my thoughts with it. It's just going to suck and then it's going to be over. It's going to get worse and then it'll be over. Um, but I do have water births, so that can be something that is used for pain management. I, I hear from other clients and whatnot that that helps them pain-wise. For me, it still sucks. It sucks in the water. It sucks out of the water. Sucks anywhere I go. Sucks no matter what I do. So I just deal with it. Just deal with it till it goes away, I guess. And yeah, I mean, there isn't really anything else I've ever tried to use. Um, actually, you know what, maybe cannabis. I've definitely used cannabis in two of mine and that was uh, super, super helpful in just relaxing. So more so the mind and just releasing any kind of thought of it just, you know, makes you more chill. So I guess that could be something that would be used for pain management for some, but I think it's more so the mind. If you're viewing it as a painful process and you're like, wow, this is insanely painful instead of you know, if you think of it as this is pressure and these are sensations, they're not uh, pain. The way that you view it and think of it totally impacts it because with my uh, first two births, I wasn't as first on that and they were more painful because I thought it was painful and I was, you know, expecting it and like my view on it was different. And then with the other ones, once I, you know, more understood the mind and how that impacts everything, it was way more doable. Also the fact that I wasn't in a facility and I was at my house, that helps too. Um, environment isn't a factor with the pain aspect too. People don't think of that, like where you're at, that can make it 10 times worse. Um, but yeah, as for my own management, I didn't use really anything aside from 
just getting in the pool, I guess, and dealing with it till, till it would end. Yeah, absolutely. Mindset is a big thing, which is something that I wanted to talk about. But also, um, real quick on the environment, that is so important. And I'm glad that you brought that up. Because at in my first birth, so I was planning a home birth, ended up with a transfer, long story short. Um, when I was at home, I was handling everything like really well, especially for a first time mom and looking back on the different factors, like my baby was not in a good, super good position. He was not in a terrible one, but not a really good position. He had a really tight nuchal cord. So looking back, it's no wonder that I was having long labor, um, weird contraction pattern. And, um, I was handling it really well at home, using my shower, um, doing squats, getting counter pressure. And then the second that I got in the car and went to the hospital, it was like game over from there. My mindset got totally screwed up and everything was just intense, super painful. And as soon as somebody, a nurse, I think, or one of their assistants said epidural, I was like, yep, let's go. And, um, then with the twins, I was at least aiming for a natural hospital birth and, um, knowing, having more education definitely helped, but still being in that environment, it was still super painful. And I think it just came back to like that trauma from the transfer that I was like, Oh no, it's going to hurt again. It's going to feel like that. It's going to be super bad. And then people are shocked when I say that I had almost like a painless birth when I had my first home birth, because it, the environment really does make a difference. Just being in your own comfort, being in your own space, um, and just being able to access the comfort stuff that you usually use, like your blankets, your pillows, your own toilet, like you just feel totally chill there. And then the mindset that's a really big one that we could talk about with clients. What have you seen in regards to how mindset shifts people's experience? So the way that they view it. So like if they're told their whole life by their mom, birth is so painful. It's the worst thing ever. It's like dying in a fire and like all that kind of stuff that I've heard myself. Um, It leaves a conditioning. Whereas if you are told and nurtured your whole life to believe that it is a sensational process and it's a rebirth and like all these beautiful things you view it differently it impacts how you're feeling the mind impacts everything um in the body and especially during labor so if you're viewing it as super painful it's going to be that way and I see that with clients too the ones that are like I'm so worried about the pain like they're fixated on it and they view it that way we have to kind of unwork that and sometimes it doesn't work and they (laughs) go into labor with that mindset and yeah they are having a more painful time and it's not as enjoyable probably because they view it that way that's what I see what do you see yeah I definitely see that too that one it's the conditioning but you can undo the conditioning for the most part it's still going to be there maybe in the back of your mind um but that's why like hypnobirthing works for people because they get themselves in the mindset of this is what i'm going to feel this is what i'm going to see um this is how i'm going to respond and they change the wording of everything because language and how you use it in your brain is so important like saying pain versus pressure or waves versus contractions Um, and surges and those more like gentle, soft, doesn't sound so intense kind of words 
that really helps. That's why affirmations help people um, because it all just goes back to mindset and how you view what you're feeling in your body. I had this one mom that um, it was just so awesome. She was a first time mom. And at first she was like experiencing her labor, like, no, 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 no. Like, I hate this. Every single contraction was like, screw this. This is awful. And I see that in a lot of women, actually, that, <laughs> that screw this. No, I'm not doing this anymore kind of vibe. Um, but she turned it around um, and we were all just yelling yes, like her whole birth team, her support people, we were all just yelling yes over and over again. And it completely shifted how she was experiencing that pain. And it just, the energy was orgasmic in the room because of how, um, how her mindset and energy changed. And from there, her labor was a lot more manageable for her, even though it was almost at the end anyways. But yeah, I've also seen people where the entire time they're like, I'm not going to be able to get into the right mindset for this. Like, I'm not a good home birth person. I'm not good with pain. And you just keep telling yourself that until you are in it. And then you stall your labor, you drag it out. You make the pain more intense for yourself by thinking negatively of yourself and talking badly about what you're experiencing and how hard this is and everything. Sometimes you just got to vent and like let out how much you're feeling, but at the same time, don't get stuck there is really important. Um, What are some other things that you've seen that has been helpful for maybe a large amount of your clients, or it seems like a lot of them tend to gravitate towards it? Water birth is definitely one. Like a lot of people tell me that it is helpful pain-wise and it will feel like a natural epidural, some people have said. Um, I don't agree, but that's what they say. They say that that works for them. Um, Another thing is hip squeezes from their partner um, or like the counter pressure on the sacrum, which all that makes sense physiologically. I personally had that with my last and I didn't think it helped with anything. It still sucked just as bad. It was still so shitty. And I think it was really just having my partner there that was able to just knowing I wasn't doing it by myself kind of thing. That was the comfort in it, but nothing really helped with the pain. I've had clients that use TENS unit. I've had a few of them that like that. They either like it or they're they don't, and they put it on, they're like, oh, that feels weird. I don't like this. Um, but some people have like that, whereas like it would distract them from the sensations in their contractions and they could focus on the sensations vibing into um, where we put the TENS unit. So that's something I've seen work. Um, I've had a few girls that loved just the rebozo, like just squeezing them. Um, not many though, that's not very common. I had one Amish lady that held these metal combs, two of them in her hand. Like I kept hearing this jingling. I was in the kitchen and like, I wasn't in her room. I wasn't watching her. And I just kept hearing this jingling. I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, what, what, what is she playing with in there? And that's what it was. There was these two like metal combs and she would like squeeze them in her hands. And I was like, oh, interesting. I don't know if they're like little hair pieces or what, but yeah, she liked that. And that gave her something else to focus on the sensations in her hand instead of what was occurring um, with her contractions. So that helped her. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think what else would be helpful for some people. I think just being with their partners is it helps some. Um, Cause when their partner would walk away, they'd be like freaking out, like, nope, you need to come back here. And it makes it better for them 
more just comfort. Uh, but yeah, what about you? Yeah, I definitely think the partner thing is huge. Um, when you feel loved and supported and just like validated, I guess, in what you're experiencing, that can be life-changing in itself for the pain that you're feeling and how you're going to get through it. Because if you feel like that person is like your rock and your strength, that is going to be huge. And also the provider. I've seen a large amount of people um, that probably would be really good for home birth. Um, when I was attending with like other midwives and things like that, that their midwives, if their midwives were not good energy or they were constantly touching them like with a Doppler or checking their cervix often, um, they would just get into this crappy state of being of like, I can't do this because their provider was crappy. Um, and so when they're in like full autonomy and they can just do whatever they want, and there's freedom of movement, not having to worry about the next time that you have to get your cervix checked and things like that all goes back to, again, mindset. So having the right provider there is important. Don't call somebody to your birth that's going to make you feel worried or tense or freak, make you freak out. Um, I have seen the counter pressure help a whole bunch. People definitely like that. I find myself doing counter pressure probably over half the time at birth um, and alternating with the dads or partners or whatever. Um, the rebozo, I used to do that um, a whole bunch and like make it a big thing at prenatals and things like that. Um, but now that I don't so much like emphasize it, if I try to whip it out at a birth, I find that people are like, meh, I don't, I don't really like that. I don't think that that's helping me. Um, the water definitely I've seen heat packs be really helpful. And sometimes that's the benefit of the counter pressure is having like somebody's warm hands on your back and then using cold also. So like putting ice cold washcloths on your face, on your neck, that can really help. Cause I know when I feel hot, I get super pissy and it amplifies my pain big time. So if I just get some ice water or crushed ice to chew on or put a washcloth on my face that's really nice and cold that's a really big important thing for me when I don't feel good uh birth balls I've seen birth balls actually be pretty helpful for people um they like to do that bouncing just light bouncing and rocking and swaying on the birth ball it feels a little bit more flowy than just like walking around or holding the counter or holding the couch it feels like there's more movement and sometimes that in itself is helpful and it's pretty comfy on your butt too if you can't sit um breathing patterns so I've noticed that if I hold a certain breathing pattern in a birth that the mom will inherently mimic me because humans are really good like mimickers and copiers um by themselves so if you hold a good breathing pattern for somebody as a partner, as a doula, as a midwife, whatever, um, that can sometimes be a really helpful thing. Cause I see moms sometimes get stuck in like holding their breath or doing the panting type breathing where it's more helpful to do like the really rich, deep breathing down into the diaphragm, relaxing the pelvis, opening up the vocal cords. 
And I find that if I just make those deep breathing and low moaning sounds that they will copy that and that will relieve their pain. Cause when we relax those vocal cords, we're also relaxing all of our pelvic floor muscles and that helps um, for birth. Is there anything else that you would add to that, that you've seen be helpful? Yeah. So a lot of my births are water births and I see that something that helps with that is having like a bowl or a cup that you can have to pour water on their back. So like if they're on all fours, I find that some like just having the water being poured onto their back, like maybe the, you know, the splashing of it or what, just a different sensation uh, right back on their sacrum. They like to feel that that feels good for them or their lower back. Um, a lot of women have cared for that and would say, start now, start now. Like every time their contraction would start. Uh, and then VBACs, it can be helpful to do that um, near their, on their belly. That can help for dumping it on their belly. I'm, I've seen that be the case many times and they love that. Um, or lifting the belly for VBACs because I don't know. I think there's more pain in the incision area for, for many. Many have mentioned that. And whenever they lift their belly up, um, I've seen that that helps them pain-wise, but yeah, I'm not sure I'd add much else. Is there anything that you've seen that like somebody really wanted to try and ended up being super unhelpful or like, uh, hindered progress? Yeah, the birth pool. <laughs> Some people want to hop in the birth pool and it's too soon. I'm pretty good at gauging when. And I encourage them to not, I mean, I always do whatever they say, whatever the fuck they say, I'm going to do it. But if you get in too soon, um, it can stall your labor. Like it did with my last one. I was like, I'm going to get in the pool. Cause I, I'm a, I'm like a fish. I like to be in water regardless. And I hopped in, but it was too soon. And my contraction started spacing out and I was like, fuck this. We are getting out of the pool. I want to be done. And as soon as I got out, they started picking up. And I see the same thing with clients as well. Uh, you want to wait until you're more so in the thick of shit before you get in the water because that is counterproductive sometimes and can uh, overly relax the body and slow the contractions down, slows down progress. Like you don't wanna do that. I mean, unless you need a nap, sometimes that is the answer. You need to get in the pool and just rest in between these contractions that are super spaced out and super gentle. Um, but usually you wanna just be the fuck done. So <laughs> you don't wanna get in too soon. I've seen water definitely be hindering at times. Also certain counter pressures, depending on where BB is in their engagement could be hindering depending on where they're putting pressure um, because of how the pelvis works. You can be putting pressure in the wrong points that can inhibit baby from engaging or coming through the outlet. So I know that that is something that could be the case too. Is there anything that you would wanna share? Yeah, I think it's really important to note that like all of these things while they can be super comforting and help somebody get through their birth. They're also all interventions. I think most people think of interventions as like, oh, Pitocin, oh, cervical checks and stuff. But even these very gentle things can be in, uh, almost invasive and like impeding to the labor. Um, so they shouldn't just be taken lightly. Don't just throw everything at a mom if you're trying to help support her. Um, like, we can try this, we can try this, we can try that. Um, because that can be in itself just like, whoa, man, I'm having to do like a lot of things or it can be harmful to the baby and you not even know it. Like some of the rebozo techniques, um, they can cause issues with the baby if they have like 
a nuchal cord or something and you're like really forcing them down with the rebozo, that could be harmful or the water could shut off your labor. Like you said, um, sometimes turning on music is like, ah, to people and it will completely throw them off because they just weren't ready for that noise. Or if you try to break out essential oils to do like a massage or to relax somebody, they might end up hating the smell. And so all of these things also have downsides. Um, so just keeping that in mind is really important. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think, go ahead. <laughs> I think that they are, they are all interventions and most attendants don't really think about that. They're like, oh, I learned all these things in my training. Like, no girl, do less. We should be doing a whole lot less. Uh, in my opinion, we shouldn't be doing anything unless they're requesting or wanting something. Or if you see like, they're really struggling with something, maybe it's a suggested position change, but even that, like we should be mindful. Don't say much. Don't, you know, do all this extra stuff, because like you said, it makes them feel like, oh, I have to do all these things. I'm not doing it right. That, that ensues doubt. That can cause pain to increase too. So don't be like, oh, let's try my essential oils. Let's play with my rebozo. Let's uh, do this and this. Like that can be overstimulating for them. And that just increases pain. So really do less unless they're requesting it. And that's why I think it goes back to pregnancy. When we sit with these women uh, at their visits, we can talk about these pain management options. This is helpful in this situation. If you're feeling these sensations, this might be helpful. Just feel free to ask and really have it be them led, not, oh, I'm trained in this and I'm gonna do all the things. Do less is really my biggest uh, suggestion. Yeah, it goes back to like institutionalized birth. They do so much that when we go into the home birth setting, especially as new birth workers, we're like, oh yeah, we definitely have to do something, right? But honestly, birth works. And most of the time, if you just leave them alone, they will do what is comforting to them. They will naturally be attracted to it and their intuition will tell them what positions to be in, what they wanna grab as far as like tools to use. They'll navigate towards the birth ball by themselves or to the shower by themselves without any instruction from you. So don't feel like you have to fix them or fix their pain they might be doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing and going through it exactly how they're supposed to um like you said only if they're requesting certain things or they feel like they're at a breaking point and they need something then we can get in there and try different things and just take it like one at a time do it real slow give breaks in between different comfort measures that you try so that it doesn't feel totally overstimulating. Like you said, um, I did find it funny when I went from like assisting at a birth center and, um, with the licensed midwife, I thought that a lot more people would be using like that perineum pressure because that was something that was almost always done. And I thought that that was like really helpful for moms to have that perineum counter pressure, but I have never really seen somebody else request it from there. I think I've had one mom that was like, I really want to do premium counter pressure with a washcloth as baby comes out. And then she ended up hating it when she was doing it. So I was like, okay, yeah, I don't think that this is actually something that people regularly enjoy. <laughs> so that was kind of surprising to me. Have you ever seen that be used at any of the births you've gone to? 
Yep. I had one. I had one girl back. I think it was last September, but it was her husband that did it and she wanted it. Every contraction, she'd be like, make sure, but she had a fixation on tearing. So she was, that was her big thing. And she just, in her mind believed if I have this, it is going to help with me not tearing. She didn't tear, but (laughs) yeah, I don't think she would have, if we had that cloth there or not, but yeah, I had one girl that wanted that, but for the most part, that is an obstetric kind of thing. That is not traditional midwifery base. That is not anything that is not, yeah, it's not, not common. I don't see people being like, Hey, come on, put your hands on my vulva, please. If anything, they they're saying, don't touch me. Don't touch me when baby is actually crowning and coming. Um, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I know I wouldn't want that you better get your fucking hands off of me I would be pissed <laughs> that's so funny and also just as a simple simplicity comfort measure um, make sure that you're getting like some kind of sugars or salt in your body something to give you energy because when I get tired I get grumpy and that enhances all the sounds that I'm hearing and all the it, sensations that I'm feeling and it can make your pain levels worse. Um, so making sure that you're giving yourself some kind of energy, even if it's just watermelon, grapes, honey stick, whatever, coconut water, um, and making sure that when you can resting, even if it's in between contractions that are every two minutes, even just that little bit can really help rejuvenate you so that you can feel like you can go just a little bit more. Is there anything else that you would add to that? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to share about something a little, little different, but I do know of some women who will use psilocybin. So, you know, like magic mushrooms, they'll use those during labor. I personally would not because I like to feel in control. Um, but it kind of, I can see it relating to like the cannabis thing where it totally releases the mind and it takes you on a whole different journey. Um, but some women bank on that. They're like, Oh, I'm in labor. I'm going to take some mushrooms and then they just have a whole labor and that helps them with their pain, helps them with the whole process of releasing um, all that stuff. I'm sure that's insanely controversial and people would have a lot of opinions on that, but yeah, that's something that's worked for some. Man, that would be, I think that'd be really intense for me. (laughs) I already feel kind of psychedelic um, in my experiences, but yeah, I can. I can see how some people would be cool with that. Um, I would say, don't just try that. (laughs) Don't just throw it out there for your first time for labor and just wig it because that could be really interesting, but a good perspective. Um, Yeah, but we would like to hear what worked for you guys and what you felt was most comforting, things that you thought you might have used, but didn't actually help. Um, We want to hear from you, so feel free to respond on Spotify. You can actually um, submit questions and answer us on the podcast and on our post. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to this awesome episode of Birthkeeper Banter. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you can get notifications for future episodes. Again, for classes and more information, go to herbal.teachable.com. Brought to you by Herbal Training.